Now is your time to flinch. What up, everybody, and welcome back to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Of course, I'm your host, B. Jones, and I'd like to remind you that this podcast is being brought to you by the motivators at Fledgeology who are committed to exposing you to the potential of your dreams by getting you to embrace your fears so that you can get out of your comfort zone and onto living that purpose-driven life. I want to welcome to the show today, Wiz. What's going on, bro? What's up, man? How's everything going? I'm good, man. I'm good. How you been? All is well. Staying busy. Staying busy. What's been going on in the world of Wiz? Oh, man. Lots of traveling. Lots of music. Lots of other work. You know how it is. Yeah, man. I understand being an artist and staying on the grind. Every day. Exactly. So before we get into everything, I want to remind everybody, we've been introducing the Fledgeology team. And I know last time we had Wiz on the show, there was some confusion uh, thinking that he was more so of a guest when he is actually a very integral part in what we do here with Fledgeology and on the 13th floor. So we're going to get into a little bit of that today on the show. But uh, as he said, he's been traveling all over the world. So where's the last place you've been, sir? Um, I was in San Antonio this weekend. Um, before then, I was in Georgia. Before then, I was in Thailand. Thailand? Um, How was that? I've been all over the place. Oh, man, it was amazing. It was amazing. Completely different than the States, but, you know, very unique. Um, very fun place to be. What'd you get into when you was out there? Oh, man, some of everything. Um, I just did mostly a lot of tourist stuff and a lot of relaxing just a lot of you know riding around the city trying to see what's going on and pretty much a whole bunch of nothing uh-huh. just wanted to be over there for the experience of being in a different place gotcha so this was the break away from all of the monotony and all of the grinding and stuff that uh, you get into everyday life absolutely always need that always need that so let's get into it a little bit, man. We're trying to introduce you to the world so that people have a better idea who Wiz is. So, man, let's start off. Where are you, where are you from? Um, I was born in Germany. Um, I was there until I was around five years old. And then I moved to, um, to the States and eventually ended up in Columbus, Georgia, where I pretty much grew up. Okay, so how was it in Germany? Or do you remember? Or is that too far back to remember? Um, it's pretty far back, but I do remember bits and pieces of it. Um, like I actually went back in, in 2000 and I recognized certain places like, you know, where I used to live and places I used to go and things like that. So I do have some recollection of it. And how'd you end up over there? You got military in your family? Um, my dad's military, but my mom is, my mom is German. So got together, had me. (laughs) <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> Got you. And then you ended up in Georgia. So Southern boy, what's happening? How was uh, how was life in Columbus? Absolutely. It was good. You know, like we didn't um, we didn't have a whole lot growing up, but we all had each other. Um, it was your typical Southern upbringing. You know what I mean? So lots of catfish, I mean, bread and grits. Absolutely, lots of soul food mixed with German food. Um, Lots of really close friends and, you know, typical upbringing, mm-hmm. football in the streets, baseball in the streets, oh, outside of your man. house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like football <laughs> used to be the best, man. I don't know about them streets, though. We used to have to play touch in the streets because, you know, that concrete ain't, uh, it's unforgiving. 
Yeah, we played touching the streets and you know tackling in the churchyard. <laughs> I got you. Any brothers and sisters? <laughs> um, yeah, I have uh, two brothers and three sisters, and we're all kind of separated. I have a brother and sister that's in Charleston. I have a brother and sister that's up in Denver, and um, I have a sister in in Columbus where I grew up. Oh, okay, okay. So. You grew up in Columbus. I know Georgia is a huge part of the music industry today. Would you say that's where you, you kind of set your roots at when it came to music? Um, kind of, sort of, but not really. Like, I think as, as far as the music goes, I, I, I listened more so to, like, East Coast rap as I was coming into being a musician. Um, but, of course, like... I'm from the South, so I, I can I definitely relate a lot with Southern music, and so it, it did have a big influence. So it, it, it was kind of a mix, right? So I think when it comes to style and technique, mm -hmm. it was more so probably East Coast sounding. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like content, it was more Southern driven, and it's still like that, you know, to this day. So who would you say would been would have been your biggest influences? as far as music because you know you got the south with you know outcast and the like but then when you're talking east coast or that up north new york rap you have the Nas's and the jay-z's i mean exactly i mean outcast was kind of what it was for us mm -hmm. coming up outcast and good mob and and you know they kind of they kind of follow the same kind of thing that i'm talking about where you have the lyrics that they had up north but the content was was purely purely southern when it comes to east coast stuff man i listen to like a lot of underground hip-hop like boot camp and you know black moon and and those guys and eventually biggie and jay-z of course but mm -hmm. so what actually got you into music like what was it um it's i've just always had a love for it mm -hmm. um it just I, it's like i was drawn to it it's it's something that has it's kind of always been there and i don't think it ever ever go away it was never like a fad or a habit or anything like that it was just it was just purely out of the love of music okay. that i you know started doing it and continue to do it okay and with, with doing the music is that the only thing that you kind of focus on because i know with the music um you know I, he's being real modest at this point but Wiz isn't just your average artist, so he's not just a, a lyricist. So he, he's not just writing raps. Like he produces his own music. He plays all of his own instruments. So, like, did you have musical classes at an early age, or was that something you just kind of taught yourself once you was like, "Hey, I want to be a rapper"? I mean, honestly, to this to this day, I've never had I've never had a class in music. No formal classes at all. Not one. Like everything that I know how to do now has been has been self-taught, and it's pretty much been, you know, out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I produce, but the reason I produce is because I couldn't afford to buy beats. I couldn't, you know, you know, I didn't have a lot of producers around me that were willing to donate beats. So guess what? I got to start making beats. Mm -hmm. It's you know, I, I learned how to play the keys, not because I just. Um, it was something I always wanted to do. It's, hey, I need keyboard players on my songs, but I can't afford to go hire keyboard players and I can't depend on other people to, you know, 
do a whole bunch of stuff for me for free. So I learned how to play the keys. It was all it was it all came to be out of necessity. Same thing, you know, with the bar, with the bass and you know, I'm not an expert in any of these, you know, instruments, but I know enough to to meet my needs, you, you know what I mean? But yeah, it just it just came to be out of something that I had to do for myself or it wouldn't get done. Gotcha. Gotcha. So with music playing such a major part in your life, is that all you kinda into right now? Um, I'm into that. I also own a dance studio called Control Chaos. Um, I have a nine to five as well. And now I'm doing, you know, fledgeology. So I have a lot of very positive things going on at the moment. Okay, so we had on a few of the earlier podcasts where we introduced Faison and we introduced Jay and Fresh. You know, they all said that they were dancers too, and now I'm hearing that you have a dance studio. So, so you were a bit of a dancer yourself. Oh yeah, I mean, when I pretty much I met all of these guys through dance for the most part, starting off with with Jason and you know, and Carol and and, and those guys. It's kind of how how we ended up all being a group. You know what I mean? So what y'all just was like on the yard one day and just like oh. Jason's got here, you know what I'm saying, dancing. Oh, I'm finna challenge him. Let's get it on. And that's kind of how y'all met. Oh, yeah. I mean, with, with me and Jason, definitely. It was like, it was like Battle Royale every time <laughs> I saw Jason. It was like, you know, we turned the U into a war zone when it comes, when it comes to dance. And, you know, Carol was kind of around to pick up the pieces and same for Jimmy and, and them. So, so out of the, yeah, we did a lot of, we did a lot of partying when we first got there. Actually, we did a lot of partying the whole time we were there. But <laughs> So when he mentions the U, you know, we're talking about the University of Miami, of course. So, yeah, and that's where you say you met Art, Jay, Jason, I'm sorry, and Carol and them. So how was it at the University of Miami? Um, it, has, it has its pluses and minuses. So socially, it was, it was um, pretty incredible. I met a lot of people that are still some of my best friends to this day uh academically it was um interesting um but it was also challenging at the same time like i feel like when i got to the university of miami i really wasn't prepared for that level of education based on you know my high school education so it was there was a learning curve it, it took a lot of getting used to um and then financially overall it was just a complete struggle <laughs> um, trying to get through like for real like i didn't you know I, I came from georgia i ended up moving you know coming to florida the first semester i was like okay books cost how much you know and where am i going to get it from this is semester number one right and it just it's it like it, it absolutely so you know it was it was a struggle but at the same time i had people around me that hey if i if i needed a meal i knew i could call on them there were plenty of nights that jimmy fed me carol fed me jason fed me and you know vice versa when i was on the come up i'd return the favor so we all helped each other get through Um, but i think that's you know typical of anybody that goes off to college and doesn't have a silver spoon in their mouth 
yeah man you get down there the struggle is real but you ultimately end up finding yourself and being able to to fend for yourself you know you you grow into right. that independence and that's that's typically what you want as a teenager fresh out of high school you want to be out on your own you know get away from the parents and everything right it's it's the ultimate leap so what brought you I- from georgia to miami um for one, I wanted to be somewhere out of Georgia. I wanted to leave for school. I did not want to be at home for school. Um, not because there's, you know, anything wrong with Georgia or anything like that. It's just I had to, I had to leave. I had to go away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wanted to be somewhere completely different. Um, I also wanted to be out of the cold. <laughs> so, I, you know, to anybody up north, Georgia's not cold, but to Man, me, it's cold enough for me. It snows. It's cold enough for me to want to leave. Exactly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. And then, you know, the, the University of Miami had a had a good engineering program, so that was also something that I wanted to do. So it just everything fell together. Okay, and engineering. That's what you went down and graduated with. Yep, I have a electrical engineering degree. Okay. Okay. So, what's your fondest? memory from the University of Miami um fondest memory probably all of the honestly probably all of the dance performances like over over the years like we did a lot of shows being in chaos which is the group that we were all part of which is why I named my dance studio control chaos you know after that so um but yeah that was a big part of of my experience at the U and probably some of my fondest memories. So who out of the group is the best dancer, you would say? Oh, me by far. <laughs> by far. No. <laughs> nice like that, huh? Yeah. No, I mean, we were all talented and we were all cocky as hell. So <laughs> everybody else, everybody else would say the same thing. So. I got you. I got you. So when you were at the University of Miami, man, I'm pretty sure the dynamic was a lot different, you know, then not to throw age out there or anything, but the dynamic was probably a lot different then. Um, what were some of the, I guess, adversities that you had to overcome while you were there? Um... Well, the finances were, were definitely one adversity that all of us were were faced with. Um, other than that, it was like being kind of like there were very few black people at the University of Miami at the time. Mm-hmm. So that that was challenging for all of for all of us. Like we didn't, I feel like we didn't have some of the advantages that some of the other kids had as far as. Um, just everything resources clubs um you know support from staff uh things like that mm-hmm. so it was it was it was kind of difficult but then again there was there was a um a closeness exactly. to, to all the all of the black people that were on the yard so even you know even if you didn't know them they were you know it's like as soon as you got out to the yard, okay, you're, you 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 know where your family is. Uh-huh. So yeah, it was a very right. very tight knit group. So you know, you, you basically took care of each other. It was, and, and we had a lot of support from from each other as well. So if you know if 
if we had an event, you know, all the black people are going to show up to your event, mm-hmm. which is, you know, which is a good thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. So going back to the music a little bit, man, uh, where do you draw a lot of your inspiration from? Because I know what's up. You know, that's one of the singles you have out now. And it, it focuses on, you know, one of the major issues in the community, you know, black on black crime. But then you also have Dangerous Girl, which is, you know, kind of your your ode or ballad to, uh, you know, your, your perfect woman. So where, where do you kind of draw this inspiration from? I mean, a lot of it is the content mostly I draw from, you know, real life experiences mm-hmm. or, you know, even if it's something that, you know, I haven't gone through per se something that I've seen a close relative go through or a friend go through or something like that all of these all of this material ends up in a song mm-hmm. you know one way or, or another as far as like the production side of it I mean I pull from some of everybody just rap music rock music um, classical music I like to listen to Beethoven and Mozart and you know things like that to try to try to pull as many different techniques and you know as in styles as possible and figure out what i like and then make something that's my own right so are are you real experimental when it comes to making your music like you'll just try anything oh yeah i'll try anything i'll try anything and honestly a lot of stuff i'll do i won't like it i'll revisit it in six months and i'll think it's the greatest (laughs) thing i've ever done you know, so <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely ex- experimental, but that's how I think you come up with your best work. It's like you shouldn't have to sit there and and be put in a box and put your creativity in a box. So if I want to bang two tin cans together and put that on a beat, then, you know, I'll do that with no problem. Hey, man, with the way the rap game is today, you could probably definitely do that and get a million YouTube hits and be the next big thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because, you know, the way rap music (laughs) is crazy. How do you actually feel about, you know, the industry as it is today, as an independent artist yourself? Um, I think that... I think overall the quality has just gone down a lot Mm -hmm. when it comes to content specifically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think production now is um you know is very good depending on you know who the producer is but the production has has improved as when it comes to certain things but i think the actual content of the music is has gone down so for example if you look at groups like back in the day um you know nwa or two life crew or any of these guys um or outcast everybody was kind of trying to break the mold and trying to you know they, they had a different purpose for their music it wasn't just to get the crowd moving you know what I mean they wanted to get the crowd moving but they also had a message yeah. and I think that message was missing from from today's music got you got you so a lot of that is, and a lot of that is because of the rise of you know the rise of social media the rise of YouTube and being able to record things at home or for really cheap so you don't have that um you don't have that barrier to entry that you used to have before. Like before, if your music was trash or your content was trash, the, the record label wouldn't even 
you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be much harder. It'd be much harder to get your to get your music out there. But now you can. People who aren't even musicians can can record a song, have it on YouTube tonight, and it go viral. Yeah, man, that's exactly how I feel about some of this stuff. Like this song, what uh, it Juju on the beat. My son and my daughter, like all the kids, love that junk, and I get it, man. It's right. kind of you know, it, it's like the snap music was when I was a little younger or whatever. But it's just crazy how you could take, you know, the 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 what I think it was crime mob, knuck if you buck, knuck if you buck, yeah. yeah, and just you know, re loop it and then come up with this juju on the beat, talking about nothing, and it's a it's an instant hit, like it's crazy. Every time I hear one of these right. songs, I'm like, man. I need to just get in the studio and record something and, and make my quick million so I can get in and get out. Hey, you could. <laughs> you could even. And the, the funny thing is, that the the kids have they have no idea. Like, um, my nephews were listening to that song and I was like, you know, that they pretty much jacked that beat and they were swearing me up and down like, uh. Uh-uh. So I played Knuckle Buck and they were like, exactly, you know, right? Complete shock. <laughs> they were complete shock, like. Yeah, it's the same beat. There's no like they just straight up snatched it. They didn't, you know, they didn't do anything to it. They didn't sample it. They just took it. And now you guys think that, you know, it's the most creative thing you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's ways to do that, I feel like, because um, you know, Doc, I'll take Dr. Dre for example. Uh before I saw straight out of Compton, and you know I had listened to you know a lot of his music. I had no idea that he remixed a lot of stuff too, and then Diddy as well. But like you said, there was always content to go along with it, so it's not like they just jacked a beat, threw something crazy together, and then just set it out for the world. Nowadays, like you just said right. with, the, with the Juju, this is ah, I'm gonna take this and do whatever I want with it. Right, and probably have no intention of it being big or even really putting it out just i feel like they accidentally did the song and <laughs> you know it went viral exactly. but, but you know i think there's another big difference is i think back in the day there was there was a good balance right there was your music that was substantive and then you had the music that you just wanted to have fun to mm-hmm. right and it's okay to have both but i think back then there was a lot more substance yeah. in the music yeah. whereas now it's like you know there's hardly any substance in the music so i think the balance is just off it, it really is man you have to do a lot of searching man like one of my uh artists that i like to listen to outside of that like nick grant um you know of course j cole but a lot of these dudes who are content driven is they don't get a whole lot of that radio airplay so you really got to be into right. the music to know about it yeah i definitely definitely understand that Man, so with all that you have going on, you know, you're nine to five with engineering, you got your dance studio, you're still putting out music, and I know musicians, they have crazy hours anyway. What keeps you going? What keeps you motivated? Um, it's, it's just done out of love. Like, music is something I can't give up. Yeah. And it's kind of the same way with, you know, with the dance studio. There's certain things that I just can't give up. If I were to give up something, it wouldn't be that. I give up work for that. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what, why I continue to do that. But then I also, um, I just like to be forward moving at all times. Like I, I like to have things going on. I don't want to 
just be sedentary and you know sit on my hands i like i like for stuff to be moving around me and things to be happening and things to be going on and i like to to do things that i love as opposed to just do things for you know for a paycheck yeah definitely man you get way more satisfaction out of life that way with the dance studio how long have you been doing that well i mean overall i've been dancing pretty much my whole life but with this particular this particular uh, project has been going on for maybe um four or five years now mm-hmm. maybe like four years five years um so i have a good group uh, you know a, a good number of kids and usually do like competitions and and things like that it's it's mostly well it's pretty much all hip-hop oriented okay but we're not jujuing on the beat <laughs> you, you know what i mean so and i also you know tend to work with kids that don't have that that haven't had that much exposure to to dance in general or to to hip-hop in general i like to be a teacher i like to take somebody who who doesn't know what they're doing and turn them into you know an expert at what they're doing yeah man that's that's pretty cool because i think a lot of i think the biggest thing with the dance studio is the exposure um you taking a child or a kid that would have probably never gotten into this form of dance or an organized form of dance. They just be, you know, jujuing on the beat instead of like learning, right. you know, how to move. And I'm sure there's probably some historical aspect to the teaching and everything that you have going on as well. So just exposing, exposing, you know, the younger generation to those things because you never know what may come out of that. Right, and you know, it's good because a lot of them go on to do go on to do bigger and better things and during the process it helps to build their confidence it it gives them something to do to stay out of trouble um you know there's there's a lot of benefits to it it's just like any other you know sport or any activity right it's just this is the one that i love so it's the one i choose to teach so i'm gonna go ahead and give you a 30 second plug for control chaos where can we get that all right, so Control Chaos is located at 7987 West 28th Avenue in Hialeah, Florida. And what are the, what's the age range, it's man? Who are, you, um, who are you teaching? Um, it depends. Like, right now, I have younger kids. So probably from ages like 9 to 14, 9 to 15. Okay. Um, sometimes I go with older kids, you know, 13 and up. So it just it just kind of de- it depends. Okay, so if you're in South Florida and you need an extracurricular activity for your your son or daughter, definitely look up Control Chaos in Hialeah. We're gonna hit you with the address one more time and go check them out. Seven nine eight seven West Twenty Eighth Avenue, Hialeah. Easy. So we didn't pay the bills for today. I'm gonna switch directions a little bit. We're gonna talk flagology a little bit, man. So you know, Carol. We did the introductory podcast and we talked a lot about what started Fledgeology, but what has been your role with Fledgeology up until this point? Well, kind of the way Fledgeology came about was um, partly my doing. So initially I was doing um, releasing music and kind of struggling with the process of, of, of getting everything together on my own so I decided to reach out to the fellas for help so that's kind of how how things got moving I reached out to Carol and, and these guys say hey you know I need help with my project and then that turned into okay whatever project you have going on I can help with your project as well 
So, you know, he was doing the, the motivational speaking thing. So that's kind of what got the group together. And, and what we're doing is we're kind of individually going around to see who has what projects um, for us to work on. Got you, got you. So between Wisdom Music and Fledgeology, those are the, you know, the two major ones right now. So I think we're just we're just growing as a collective overall. And I know, you know, you were very inter- instrumental with getting us that big conference, you know, last year. So definitely shout you out for that. Right. So that was, I mean, that was a big event for us. And, and the feedback was, was kind of overwhelming. Like when we, when we first got there, we had, you know, I was thinking we were going to get like 10, 15 people in our workshop. And next thing you know, we were, we were being <laughs> bum rushed and we pretty much had to, had to kick people out. That whole situation. We had to tell people that they couldn't come in. So the response, even before we opened our mouth, was just was just incredible. And I'm glad that we had the opportunity to to share some of our knowledge with everybody that was there. And luckily, we'll get to do the same thing this year. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. Uh, looking forward to you know our, our presentation this year at the big conference. Um, especially looking at you know the millennial question, which is probably what we're going to end up getting into. Um, you work in you know corporate America with your engineering position. How do you feel about the millennials in the workplace? I think that they're spoiled. <laughs> spoiled in a sense. I mean, you got to take and it. And you talking to never... you talking to somebody that's that's pulled pulled into that bunch. So you know, don't 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 jab me to the heart too much. Well. <laughs> Well, no, here's the thing. There's like, I think that there's, there's kind of a sense of, in, of entitlement, I think. And, and, you know, this is nothing that's over the top. It's just kind of subtle differences, I think. The, the main difference that I see is that millennials have to do less work because everything is kind of in front of them. You know, if you have a question, you can just Google it. Mm-hmm. If you don't know where you are going, you can just use Google Maps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you didn't pay your phone bill, you could still get online and Facebook message somebody or call them over the instant messaging platforms or set up a web app like this and talk to somebody, right? Back, back in the day, you didn't have all of that there was a lot of things that you had to know because if you didn't know them, it would take you days to go and research and find out. There was no, hey, I can just Google everything right now. Okay. So being one of the millennials in the group, we're going to give you a little teaser, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to have a little bit of discussion around it. So, you know, just having, I guess, the world at our fingertips, so to speak. Is that necessarily a bad thing? Um, because, no. you know, you have to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess mature with the times. Um, and that's just the, the day and age that we live in. Um, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think that it just, the, the problem with it is a lot of the knowledge is kind of turned off in your head because everything is in is in front of you. So I think people retain a lot less information. Now, they can do a lot more with a lot less information. So it's a good thing, but those are, you know, kind of some of the differences. I mean, there's nothing that millennials do that I don't do, right? 
<laughs> yeah, because I mean, you have to. It's, it's, it's the day. Like you said, you, you, you can't just skip out on technology, man. Like you have to be on social media these days. You have to have a cell phone. If not, you just right. find yourself behind in everything. And plus, you know, as an engineer, I was, you know, I, I came up with all that with with all the technology i am technology you exactly. know what i mean so you understand it, it's just a part of my well-being i absolutely understand so i and you know i don't when i think about millennials i don't think of it as you know as a bad thing i just think of it as being as being different mm-hmm. and you know a lot of the um most of it is good mm-hmm. the fact that we have you know easier access to information is 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 an extraordinary thing the things that we can do with technology there's there's no way anybody can say that it's bad and most people that do it's just because they're scared of it mm-hmm. and they don't want to learn how to use technology and you know that's just a different i think a different mindset altogether that i just i can't relate to right because i've always been so deeply entrenched in you know everything digital yeah man and i think the the biggest thing and what we're gonna uh, hopefully people take away is how to utilize the talents of said millennials in the workplace to you know get the most out of them because there are certain things that we need like job fulfillment and you know that kind of creative space to be successful so being able to leverage your leadership talents and everything to get the most out of your millennial that's kind of what you can expect from the presentation but we'll probably throw some sauce on there flavor it up a little bit and see where it takes us I mean, you just have to learn how to manage a different a different mindset, and it's not just it's it's not just with millennials that you have to do this, right? You have to do this with different cultures. You have to do this with different with with everything. So it's just it's just an ongoing process of of not thinking that your way is always the right way, and you have to learn how to embrace somebody else's way, or at least be able to to um get them to do what you need them to do you you know what i mean exactly completely agree completely agree so what's next with wiz music you know we dropped what's up we dropped dangerous girl what what can we look forward to in the future so um the next single is going to be my show featuring rakoy who's a, a writer that i met she's out of um out of DC, mm-hmm. she's a writer, performer, and she's just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the next single that we're going to put out, and then after that, um, we're going to put out the album. Okay, okay. If you had to pick an artist to collab with today, like any artist, I guess from any genre or any time frame, who would it be? Um, Andre Three Thousand. <laughs> Why, why three stacks off the roof? Easy, easy pick. Because to me, he's, in my opinion, he's the best to ever do it. Think so? Like, like by far. Like by far. I definitely think he could definitely be in the conversation. I think he gets overlooked a lot of the time in that conversation. Well, because people don't listen to music. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think if, if they sat down and listened to what he said you know mm-hmm. it'd be different but people don't you know people don't listen deep listen deeply enough you know what i'm saying gotcha. like i listen to stuff and then i listen to it again and then you know you realize that you're hearing stuff that you never heard before and you know you start to appreciate 
people in their genius, even though most people wouldn't even recognize it, you know, for what it is. Yeah, man, I can agree with that. I was listening to an Outcast album the other day, and it could be, like you said, the tenth or fifteenth time you listen to a song or whatever it is, but something just jumps out at you. Like even how we ended up with the the theme music in the background with Thirteen Floors, just like, oh wow, bam, hit me. Right. So. Right. There's that, and you know, there's a couple of other artists like that. Like, I wouldn't mind doing a collab with Eminem because he is also one of the best in my opinion because but on a completely different on a completely in, in a completely different way right it so like snapping think, though man <laughs> right he's like i mean he's just he's just one of those people that just just goes so ridiculously hard you, you know what i mean and as far as the word play and tying everything together it's like it's just, it's just ridiculous yeah man. so you know i I just like art. I'm a lover of, of people who know what they're doing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, thank you, man, for being an open book and, you know, just, just giving us some good conversation today on the show. Absolutely. Before I close it out, though, being that you are the rapper of the group, you know, I got to get a quick 16 or something about you before we get up out of here. All right. I got you. Hmm. I heard this chick spit, she was trash, you should have heard her. Somebody kill rap, should I investigate the murder? Consult with the ghost, drag it back from the further. I kept it to myself, man, I ain't want to hurt her. Murder, bloody murder, but I still don't deserve her. She always holds me down, I try to keep her around and feed her fresh beats so she could practice on the sound. She's walking down the hallway, but elevator bound. Take her to the top, make the beat and the elevator drop. Turn up the heat, make the air conditioner pop. She, she think it's hot till her heart stop. I took her to the gates of heaven, but the door's locked. So now she dragging me to hell. Well, there's a battle between good and evil. Hell already fell. It's condominiums and shit now. I guess I get a two-two. She put her soul down and said the mortgage on you. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Quick 16 from your boy Wiz. Wiz, where can we get connected with you at? At Hit Wiz on everything. Everything. Facebook. See, you threw the little Georgia right. slang in there. Everything. <laughs> yep. And Facebook.com slash WizMusic Online, YouTube, WizMusic Online. All of that. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button when you're listening to the 13th floor. I'd like to thank y'all listening on here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Now is your time to flex. flex.